It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, y'all. What time is it? It's Timo time. Timo Meyer came alive in period number three. Despite the Devils' missed opportunities, they were still able to wiggle away with a point in their 4-3 to shootout loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning. However, it was still an entertaining game to watch, and we have a lot to break down in today's episode. Buckle up, everybody. Your Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, and also part-time credential media member, Trey Matthews. These types of games, they're always a tough pill to swallow because you love the overall fight back from the Devils. You love the risk that they took late in period number three, going on the six on four advantage. And uh, I know it wasn't their best showing, but at the same time, it was a much better performance compared to the first time we played against the Tampa Bay Lightning because the Devils quit early on in the game and the Devils started to pick it up as the game progressed. And they started to make a run in period number three, thanks mostly to Timo Meyer. But at the end of the day, the shootout, that is just a Devils killer. That's a an Achilles heel for this uh, team. I know that in the previous shootout opportunity, the Devils were able to win against Washington Capitals. But let's face it, historically, Devils not really a good shootout team. But we'll talk more about that a little later in the episode. Let's talk about the missed opportunities for the Devils. So let's talk about the bad before we transition into the good. So my overall takeaway from this game was that the Devils, it was right there for them. But unfortunately, this goes back to what I said a couple episodes ago. When you're playing against a good team like the Tampa Bay Lightning, not just any good team, a team that has been to three straight Stanley Cup finals and winning two of them, they're not really going to give you all that much breathing room. They're not really going to make it easy on you. And your scoring opportunities, they're going to be a little scarce. So you got to take what's given to you, especially if the chips aren't really in your favor. So I say the Devils were challenged really early in period number one because they gave up the first goal of the game within the first minute. Now, it came after a questionable icing call. So I was like, okay, the Devils go down one to nothing. The name of the game for the Devils is that they're usually good at trying to amount a comeback. But like I said in my more recent episodes, there's no room to hide when you're going up against best of the best come playoff time. And the Tampa Bay Lightning, they're a good preview as to what could be expected once the regular season comes to a finish. So the one thing I say to the Devils is that the miraculous comebacks, it's great and all, but you cannot rely on it solely come playoff time. You can't play behind for most of the game and come and expect to come away with a victory. It's not going to work into your favor. And we saw it in late December when, when they were playing teams like the Boston Bruins and things of that nature, which is you got to try to capitalize on the minuscule opportunities that are presented to you. And you got to try to put your foot on the gas pedal and you got to shut the door down way easier said than done. And I know I'm not on the rank, so it's easy for me to sit up here and just basically judge in that sort of aspect. But I think every fan can agree with what I'm saying, which is the devils, especially going against the Tampa Bay lightning, you almost got to have a perfect outing. Now this game was far from perfect. Like, like I just said, but 
Uh, I like that the Devils were challenged early on. Now it was like, okay, this is sort of reminiscent over what happened in the first time we played the Tampa Bay Lightning, in which the Devils were up one to nothing, and then they were supposed to go up two to nothing thanks to Ryan Graves. That goal gets waved off because Thomas Tatar was assessed a goalie interference, and the Devils seem to have given up after that. So now it's sort of the same circumstance a little bit as well. This time, Devils are hit with adversity a little early on. This time, they're trailing. Okay, how do you respond to that? So we saw in period number one, the Devils weren't able to score. But then come period number two, that top line, I'll tell you, Thomas Tatar, Nico Heischer, and also Dawson Mercer, great teamwork. But the unsung hero of setting up that play was Dougie Hamilton. So I want to give Dougie Hamilton his roses because I know I slander him a lot as of late just because of his lackadaisical defense. But Candanico broke it down after the quick commercial break, which is, you see Dougie Hamilton below the goal line of Akira Schmidt, and he's basically trying to quarterback the offense for the Devils. He's trying to see what's going to work, and then he was able to slip it up ahead to Dawson Mercer. Mercer was able to pass it to Heischer, and Heischer set up Thomas Tatar beautifully, and Tatar was able to tie the game. So even though Dougie Hamilton wasn't credited with an assist, that play does not happen without his amazing uh, IQ in that sort of way. So Got to give Dougie Hamilton that prop. So it was a great goal by uh, Thomas Tatar, and it was a great setup by both Dawson Mercer and Nico Heischer. But like Candanico said during the course of the broadcast, that was set up primarily because of Dougie Hamilton. Now, the thing is, after the Devils were able to tie the game, they had another opportunity. No, they had four more opportunities to try to get one past Vasilevsky, and this was missed opportunity number two, which was... The Devils, shortly after scoring that goal, thanks to Tomas Tatar, they had more opportunities to try to get it past Vasilevsky. And on one offensive possession, it looked like they had that opportunity. But unfortunately, it, it just resulted in nothing but zeros. But I love the overall fight back. I love the firepower. I love the determination from uh, the top line in that sort of way. So they were definitely looking for some more scoring opportunities. And he, like I said, even though it didn't result in the goal, love the overall effort. And that's what we were missing in the first time go round against the Tampa Bay Lightning, which was the Devils lost their firepower after that goalie interference was assessed to Tomas Shatar. So I love that they were able to uh, keep that spark going as the game progressed. So missed opportunity number three, and I might be stretching it just a little bit more, but Stamkos was able to score twice in this game. And what I saw from Stamkos was that he was able to give uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning a two to one lead, but here's what led up to that. So the Devils had a five-on-three advantage, and they weren't able to score. So this goes back to what I just said moments ago. You don't know how many five-on-three advantages you might have, so you really got to capitalize on that one. So I said a couple episodes ago that if the power play unit is able to get it going, especially that top one for the Devils, I think that's going to be scary throughout the league because you got Jack Hughes, Jesper Bratt, Dougie Hamilton, Nico Heischer, Timo Meyer. So I'm just like, why can that they not score on the five-on-three uh, power play? I'm just like, you've got to capitalize on that. And then when the Tampa Bay Lightning were able to kill it off, what happened? Just moments later, Stamkos was able to score, and it's a two-to-one game, and that shifts the momentum back into the Tampa Bay Lightning's favor. So that's my thing right there, which is there were so many missed opportunities for the Devils, and it carried over into overtime because uh, I think Bill Spaulding and Candanico also acknowledged this, which is, Towards the end of overtime, you saw that the Tampa Bay Lightning, they were taking their time with the puck. They had no intent 
of possibly trying to score right then and there. They were like, okay, you know what? Devils aren't really a good shootout team. Let's strategize this. Let's just run out the clock as much as we can. And then we'll try to go at Akira Schmidt and see what happens from there because they felt as though it would go into their favor. And lo and behold, they took the gamble and it worked out for them. Now, Devils also took a gamble late in period number three, and we'll talk about that in the second segment. But the point I'm trying to make is there's the bow on the present right there, which is you see the lightning being lackadaisical on purpose in overtime and trying to use the shootout in their advantage because they know the Devils most likely will struggle in that category. So I know a lot of people are saying abolish the shootout. It's worthless. And I agree with you and I hear you. But it's here for right now, and I know it's not going to happen come playoff time. But still, it, it goes to show you that the Tampa Bay Lightning, they were smart. They were trying to play a game of chess with the young team like the Devils, and they were able to come away with the win. So I know that wouldn't be the same circumstance in the playoffs. But still, I'm, I'm just saying, like, uh, this time around, Tampa Bay Lightning were able to outsmart the Devils in overtime, taking their time with the puck, and thus uh, we have to go to a shootout. Now, Something I, I, I like to do is like listen to the intermission report because I think Erica and Bryce do a good job of breaking down uh, what the Devils need to work on, what they've been doing right, whatever the case might be. So during the second intermission report, Bryce Salvador said, like similar to what I've been saying the last few episodes, you got to treat these next few games against the Tampa Bay Lightning as a playoff series. So the one thing I said in my postgame recap from a couple episodes ago, I said, OK, Devils lose the first game against the Tampa Bay Lightning try to get at least three points out of the next two games. Okay, so you were able to get a point in this game. Now, I say that game on Sunday against the Tampa Bay Lightning because we got to play the Florida Panthers on Saturday. So my thing is, like, think of that uh, Think of that as game three of the playoffs, a must-win circumstance. And Bryce Salvador, remember, he was the captain of that Devils team that went to the Stanley Cup Finals back in 2012. He said during his intermission report that treat this sort of like game two and – like if you go down 0-2, you're going to be looking back and saying like, what could have we worked on in order to come away with the victory? So something that a lot of Devils fans, personalities, news reporters, wherever the case might be, one of the things that they've been saying the last few games for Devils is that these games are sort of giving the Devils a preview as to what's to come come playoff time. And quite honestly, I would have to agree with Bryce Salvador in this case because this does sort of have the essence of a game two. And if you go down 0-2, and I don't care if you get the point or not, you're still in that 0-2 hole and you got to try to climb out of it in a seven-game series. And if you end up losing that series, you're going to look back at game two and just say, look at our missed opportunities. So I was like, okay, that questionable icing call didn't go your way and you gave up a goal. Uh, four chances to try to find the back of the net after you scored a goal. You don't know how many opportunities you're going to get in that sort of aspect. You had a five-on-three, you blew it. And then when the Lightning went back at full strength, they were able to score once again. Overtime, Lightning didn't uh, have any intent of scoring, it seemed like, especially towards the end of it. And then going back to what I was saying about Stamkos, he was able to score two goals. And keep in mind, he didn't play the first game when the Devils and Lightning played each other. And lo and behold, the Lightning scored three times in regulation. And who had two of those three goals? It was Stamkos. So you didn't take an opportunity of game one. So like I said, I might be stretching it just a bit in terms of the Stamkos example. But hey, it was acknowledged on the broadcast as well, which is Stamkos didn't play the first go around. And now he's playing in this game. And now you see how much of an X factor he is. So Bryce Salvador, he knows a thing or two about competing in the playoffs and trying to compete for a Stanley Cup. And he's, he's right. Think of this as game two. Now game three on Sunday against the Tampa Bay Lightning, that's a must win. 
and you're going to be in enemy territory. So you already just blew your home ice advantage. So now you're going to have to reclaim it somehow, some way. Now, somebody tweeted at me during the course of the game. And this person said, like, if the New Jersey Devils were to lose this game, they would be eliminated from this mini playoff series just because we're only playing the Tampa Bay Lightning three times. It's not a best of seven series. So that person is correct in that sort of sense because it's best of three and you need to win two to move on. Devils have dropped the first two. So hypothetically, they're already eliminated, but I don't want to think about that. I just want to think of this as sort of just like a, like I said, a mini playoff series. So we're going to move on and we're going to talk about Timo time, baby, momentarily. But before we continue, I want you guys to make some extra cash. So I'm going to tell you about FanDuel. So the midway point of the NBA season is here. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can get and bet on everything from money line to point scores and three-pointers drain and keep an eye out for March Madness. So I think you can still play some bets at FanDuel. So don't miss out a chance to get the no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets It when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And you know the drill. Visit our friends at Locked On Bets for all your betting needs there as well. And please Remember to always gamble responsibly. What's up, guys? Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils here. And let me tell you about Discover Debit Cash Back. Wings for the game? Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey? Boom, cash back. Even a last-minute ice run could score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cash Back Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's a guaranteed win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. All right, guys, what time is it? It's Timo time, baby, because he took over in period number three. So the two goals that Timo Meyer scored, one was able to tie the game once again, 2-2. Then Stamkos was able to score once again. That took the wind out of the devil's sails, and it seemed like it was all over. And then Timo Meyer was able to score on the six-on-four advantage. So before we talk about the second goal that Timo Meyer scored, because obviously that was the, that was the bigger goal, Let's just talk about uh, how Timo Meyer scored both goals. So for the first go round, it was off an assist on Nico Heischer. So uh, Timo Meyer was able to corral the rebound. He wasn't in front of the net. He was towards the side, but he was able to locate it beautifully, find the back of the net, and thus it is tied two to two. And on the second goal he scored, the six on four advantage, he had a beautiful shot, a laser so a lot of people are concerned about Timo Meyer going into this game, yada, yada, yada. I'll talk more about that momentarily. I'm not concerned at all. But the one thing I love about Timo Meyer, he likes to play in front of the net. He likes to clean up those messes and find the back of the net. And he was able to do that for Nico Heischer. And his Swiss partner was able to uh, get the assist on that. So Swiss cheese combo striking once again. So uh, love that Timo Meyer, but the one thing I've been saying for Meyer and how he's being utilized, I feel as though we're using him in front of the net a little too much. Now, 
I get that's a strength of his, don't get me wrong, but he has a beautiful shot. And Cam Danico even acknowledged this. He said, like, Timo Meyer gives the Devils another option for one-timers because they don't have a person of his caliber to uh, have those one-timer uh, shot attempts. So Timo Meyer, he has a beautiful shot. And I was like, Lindy Ruff, you need to utilize that just a little bit more. I know he likes to play in front of the net. I know he's a big body. I know he's that gritty person on our top six that we've been yearning for. But he can also shoot. So let him shoot. And I feel as though on that six-on-four advantage, he was able to utilize his skill set. So Timo Meyer, he can finish in front of the net and clean up those messes. But don't let that fool you. That boy knows how to shoot. Now, Let's talk about his second goal of the game because that was that was crazy. And the stones of Lindy Ruff to take that risk, go six on four, and tie the game late. So here was the circumstance. The Devils, they were on the power play. They're, they're already on the man advantage. Time is winding down. There's about 2.30 remaining in the game. Lindy Ruff calls a timeout. And he was like, I'm going to pull Akira Schmidt. I'm going to keep that top power play unit out there because he wanted to keep them fresh and he brings Dawson Mercer in to make it six on four and like five or 10 seconds into that six on four advantage, Timo Meyer was able to get that laser shot. Like I was telling you moments ago and he was able to score love that risk from the devils. And that's what I want to see. And I love that Bill Spaulding and Candanico also were giving it high praise because that's what you're going to have to do. Come the playoff time. You're going to have to take some risk and, like I said, there was still a decent amount of time remaining. It's it's like 2.30 remaining in the game. So Tampa Bay Lightning, they can easily corral the puck. I know they're at the disadvantage, but they can still get that empty netter with ease. So the stones of Lindy Ruff to pull that off and it actually work. I know it's still the regular season. I know time is winding down. We only have a few weeks remaining in it. But that felt like a playoff hockey type of move from the Devils. And quite honestly, I, I've seen the Devils – do similar circumstances, but it doesn't usually pan out in their way. So I love that Lindy Ruff was able to take that risk and utilize it correctly. Now, like I just said moments ago, people are concerned about Timo Meyer. They say he's this, they say he's that. They say like, uh, uh, this is a failure. Some people are saying I'll give it six games before uh, Timo Meyer is like, what? I don't know, benched or scratched, whatever the case might be. I, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I just saw that tweet lingering around, but Courtesy of James Nichols, after the first time we played the Tampa Bay Lightning, so it's a little outdated, but according to James Nichols, here's how Timo Meyer ranks with the Devils since the acquisition, and this came after the Devils lost 4-1 to to the Tampa Bay Lightning. So shots, he had 20, tied for first, hits 13, second, takeaways, six, second, rebounds created, four, tied for first. Rush attempts, five, second on the team. Corsi, four percentage, 58.41, sixth on the team. Expected goals, four percentage, 66.67, fifth on the team. He's plenty engaged. Results will follow. Stay the course, courtesy of James Nichols. So, yes, even though it might not show up in the box score or whatever the case might be, Timo Meyer is still trying to work his way into the devil system. I think people are just expecting for Timo Meyer to, like, score – like three goals night in and night out. I'm just like, be patient here. We still got a lot of weapons utilized. It's not like the Devils are on the outside looking in. They pretty much all but solidified themselves a playoff spot. Now it's just like with Timo Meyer, we literally got him to help us come playoff time. I want people to remember that, okay? 
So I, like I've said, like in prior episodes, I don't care if Timo Meyer doesn't score the rest of the season, as long as he's engaged. And as long as he's producing at a high volume, come the playoffs, that's all that matters because the playoffs is when you solidify your legacy. So when people are concerned about uh, Timo Meyer, I'm just like, chill. I'd rather him like struggle now and then come to life, come playoff time versus come to life right now and then struggle come the playoffs. As long as he gets it going come playoff time, that's all that matters. That's what we need from Timo Meyer. That's why we got him in the first place. So I want people to just relax on Timo Meyer a little bit. And after this game, the game in which he was able to come up clutch, not once, but twice in period number three, I think he has put those speculations or those doubts to rest. Timo Meyer is a good player on this Devils roster. And if you don't believe me, the stats do back it up. And don't worry, the goals, the assists, the points will come. But for right now, he is passing the eye level test in terms of the overall advanced analytics. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so like I do with every post-game recap, let's look at the final stats and then I'll give the Devils a letter grade. So, shots on goal differential, 35 to 24 in favor of the Devils. Face-off percentage, 60% to 40% in favor of the Devils. Power play, Devils were one for four. Remember that six on four advantage? They were kind of struggling their previous uh, power play. And remember they had a five on three advantage and weren't able to capitalize on it. So great redemption from the Devils because they had a two-man advantage early on in the game, five on three, weren't able to capitalize on that. Then Lindy Ruff forcefully made them into another two-man advantage, six on four, able to capitalize. Lightning were one for three. Hits, 22 to 16 in favor of the Devils. Blocks, 19 to 18 in favor of the Lightning. Giveaways, dead even, 11 apiece. So the Devils did have their missed opportunities, but it was a way better performance this time around versus the first time we played the Lightning. So I think the Devils have improved. Wasn't their best outing. Like I said, can't I got to factor in the missed opportunities, but they did come up clutch, and they didn't let uh, some other factors bother them, it seemed like. And they did walk away with the point. So if I had to rate this game for a Devils, slow start, but strong finish, and they walked away with the point, like I just said. So I'm going to give them a solid B. I think the Devils actually uh, deserve it. And, you know, like I said, you walk away with something. Now try to get those two points on Sunday. And I'm a little concerned for that Florida Panthers game because Florida Panthers, uh, didn't they just beat the Montreal Canadiens like 9-5 to or something like that? So uh, at least they gave up five goals to the Canadiens. I don't, I don't know. So – I, I we'll just have to wait and see what happens on Saturday, but okay. So it's game three and let's pretend it's a seven game series and the rest got canceled for whatever reason. Game three. It's it, this is pretty much a must win scenario. You're down. Oh, two. Can you try to come away with the victory in game number three in enemy territory? Just saying. So that's my challenge for the devils over the weekend. And uh, as for today's episode, that's all the time I have for you. So like I said, Devils get a solid B. And I will catch you guys in the next episode. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. And thanks for listening once again. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday. 
available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.